0: had my interview today. That's, I sure did. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> no, this is great. This is actually what I need. I'm really glad you guys bring the energy back up. I know it's November. Maybe you're feeling like the energy's dipping. Maybe you're feeling a little toasty. You thought it would probably be way colder by November, but it's warm. I'm savoring the warmth. Sorry. I like it. All right. <laughs> oh, one more thing, before I get into the message, one more thing I wanted to say, I know we talked about that there's going to be food at this potluck, and there will be, but not if you don't help. Bring it. You got to help, bring it. So if your small group leaders haven't shared with you, there's a document going around where you, your small group, a group of you are going to get together and help contribute. So Mike is going to deep fry a bunch of turkeys, it's delicious. It's not dry. Turkey I know tends to go dry. His turkey actually doesn't, isn't dry. And then, but Miss Sandy's bringing desserts, but man, get together with your small group, bring a side to contribute, because if not, we're just going to have turkey and some pie, which is not bad, but it'd be nice to have all the other fixings too, right? Amen. All right, y'all. Well, let's get into it today. All right. So do you guys know what the five love languages are? Have you heard of the five love languages? I see some hands. Thank you for the hand. Uh, What are they? What what are the five love languages? Quality time. time. Gifts. Gifts. Physical touch, words of affirmation. I don't know which one I didn't say. And acts of service. Yes, Dominique, you guys like, wait, I'm missing one. Acts of service. Alright, who who loves words of affirmation? Who hates them? You unpack that with your small group leader. And you know I will. All right. Well, man, words of affirmation, I think, is definitely one of my top love languages. Like, a specific compliment or affirmation can really make my day. And, of course, it depends on who it's coming from. Like, a stranger, I'm going to put less stock in, right, less value in. But, man, a specific, a sp- <laughs> thank you. Actually, the next line says, my team's words, I really value. <laughs> it's right there. Um, but more than anyone else, of course, words hit hardest when they come from my husband, Luis. <laughs> Look at him back there with a soundboard. (laughs) King amongst men. We love Luis. (laughs) And Luis, of course, knows this, right? He obviously knows this is one of my love languages. And so he's really great and intentional about expressing his admiration or affirmation of me through his words. Which means when I can be really hard on myself, um, Luis is always, of course, the first one to call out the lie that I'm believing. And also tell me the truth about who I am and the things he loves about me and so on get you a Luis (laughs) y'all all right so think about something someone has said about you or to you that has stuck with you to this day was it good was it bad when are you reminded of those words how does it make you feel when you remember them You may have heard the expression, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And if you thought of Rihanna's version, you better be at church tomorrow, prayer, in the morning, okay. Um, But if you've heard that expression before, you know that it's a rebuttal. People say when someone says something mean towards you or cutting towards you. But the reality is, is that words can hurt, right? And sometimes worse than sticks and stones, right? One compliment from somebody can make your day. If I called you beautiful, justly, or if I affirmed the image of God in your life, that might make the rest of your day, or at best, reveal God's heart for you in a way that really transforms the rest of your life. But on the other hand, one negative comment can scar you for a lifetime, right? It can shape who we think we are, how we see ourselves, and how we interact with the world around us, our words have power. And why do the words people speak why do the words people have spoken about us or over us stick for a lifetime? Life and death as proverbs say lie in the power of the tongue. With it we build up or we tear down. We prove our acceptance of or our rejection of others with our words. Or put another way, we bring light or darkness with what comes out of our mouths. The tongue is arguably then the most powerful muscle in the body. Jackie Hill Perry, who is an author and a speaker um, that I love, says, having control of the tongue therefore means having control over your whole body. If the tongue controls the body, then an element of growing in self control in every area is to practice self control in one, Or as her mom says, if you can't control your mouth, you probably can't control nothing else. (laughs) And so last week we talked about Matthew 5 where it says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. We are here to be light to the world, to illuminate darkness, and to bring hope. We have and will use light and hope in our sermon series almost interchangeably. And this verse uh, that I just read is our anchoring verse in our last sermon series of the semester, Built Different. That's that's the title of it. I thought it would be a... (laughs) But you got to. But today we're going to look at another passage that talks about being children of light, And how practically we can live this out through the way we speak. And this is my main point for today. We can use our words to bring light or to bring darkness to the world around us. Ephesians 4 talks about this same concept as children of light. And in context, Paul is talking about unity in the body of Christ and how we live out this as communal children of light. And so picking up in verse 17, it says, With the Lord's authority I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So what do we need to know first? We need to remember that we are his beloved, So this is a very others-centric passage, but we need to remember first what Jen shared with us last week, that we are his beloved. Our being called children identifies us as special and belonging to God himself. Other voices will call us many other things, but Jesus reminds us who we are in him. We are beloved children of light. And if we are children, if we are his beloved, then how does this contrast with what this passage called, refers to the Gentiles or the non-believers? Well, it talks about darkness and confusion, about a wandering from God, a closed-mindedness, hardening of the heart. But at us, in contrast, we throw off our old nature and allow the work of the spirit to renew our thoughts and our attitudes. From wandering, we draw close to him. He softens our hearts. He opens our minds. We instead are being made holy and set apart like our Father is holy and set apart. The Spirit changes the inside as we walk with him in cooperation. And then the outside changes, how we live, how we respond, how people experience us. And it gets really practical from here. So continuing in that same passage, verse 25. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbor the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't let sin and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good. And helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. That's pretty straightforward, right? And yet I think it's really easy to justify some of these behaviors. Like they're not that important. They're not necessary for salvation. They're not within your personality and so on. But if the Holy Spirit of God is within you, then these things aren't really suggestions It's not saying maybe you should stop using foul language. No, we are new creations being renewed daily by the spirit of God. Therefore, we cannot call ourselves children of light and continue to live like we're still in darkness under the guise of, well, that's just who I am. That might mean taking an inventory of these things and assessing why do we do them? Are you lying to protect an image? Do you think cursing is emphasizing your point and making it sound important? Are you trying to be socially accepted by your peers and not come off as a goody-two-shoes Christian? (laughs) Who are we living to please? Because while we may do things and say things and act a certain type of way for others, the Holy Spirit is the only one who has marked us as his own. Imagine the fireplace that you put up on the TV. Will it come up there? Yeah. See the one that's on the the TV? So (laughs) this fireplace um, looks good. It might give you a good feeling. You see they're trying to warm their feet by their TV. But (laughs) it's a 2D copy of the real thing, right? But the real thing, an actual fire, one with wood, one that you could toast a s'more on or whatever you want to do, the real thing actually brings the value of warmth on a cold night. As we go into December, you don't want the TV. You want the real thing, right? This is essentially the difference between saying what we believe and actually living it out with how we speak. So, practically, again, what is... Unhelpful. (laughs) What is unhelpful? Lies or better yet, half truths. Foul abusive language. Watch your mouth. (laughs) Speaking in a way that intentionally paints someone in a negative light. (laughs) Only sharing the negative. Or if all you can do about a person or situation is criticize and complain. And a, ooh. I love it. Cutting passive-aggressive comments. <laughs> gossip. <laughs> gossip, yes. or otherwise put, talking to everyone else except the person you actually have a problem with. Wow. Unhelpful. <laughs> it's unhelpful. <laughs> Even listening to gossip. I think that's Proverbs 17.4, I think, talks about that. Even listening to gossip is foolishness. Yes. What we often fail to realize is that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. Therefore, what we say is reflective of who we actually are on the inside. Wow. As children of light, we cannot live, as James warns, as people who use their mouth to bless God and the same mouth to curse others. Wow. Jackie Perry says again, There is a disconnect between our worship of God and the way we speak about the people God has made. We have failed to see or forgotten that the way we talk about people says a lot about what we actually believe about God. It is an inconsistent thing to say, I love you, Lord, and say, I hate you, neighbor. Why? Because as we embrace what it is to be God's very beloved... We cannot then refuse to recognize others' belovedness and not treat them as a brother or a sister, another child belonging to God. And of course, we would never say, I hate you. We're way too good at speaking Christianly, but our gossip, our disrespect, side eye, and backhanded compliment and comment might suggest otherwise. Because no, we were joking. God knows That you love them deep, deep, deep down, right? Paul will go on to say in chapter five obscene stories, foolish talk, even coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Do not be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on those who disobey him. Do not participate in these things people do, for once you were full of darkness. But now you have light from the Lord, so live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. We lose the right to talk any kind of way. We can use our words to bring light or to bring darkness to the world around us. So then what is helpful? <laughs> what is appropriate for children of God? Things are what is encouraging, what affirms Christ's likeness in others, what is biblically truthful, even correction with grace and with truth, compassion, removing cynicism and giving a brother or a sister the benefit of the doubt. As the staff team would say, investigating before interrogating, asking questions, seeking to understand, honoring to God if he heard it. Really practically, if you couldn't say it to Jesus' face, you probably shouldn't say it at all. <laughs> Henry Nowen says, to celebrate each other's gifts means to accept each other's humanity. The gift we offer is that a person who in the eyes of others is broken suddenly is full of life because you discover your own brokenness through them. In community and in acknowledging others' belovedness comes a mutual vulnerability which we forgive each other and can celebrate each other's gifts. So why do we live this way? The end of our passage helps us. In verse 30, it says, Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, his beloved, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. Tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So, how do we get rid of it? Well, we first remember that we are God's beloved, that He identifies us as His own, and we recognize the belovedness of others. When we don't live as marked and set apart children of God, it's as if we reject or deny our belovedness or our sonship, daughtership with the way we act. And like I mentioned earlier, maybe we need to sit down and think through, the, think through why we say the things that we do. Are we hurt people, hurting people, seeking for our own version of justice? Or are we trusting in God's justice? Are we living as people who have been redeemed? Do you know that you are God's beloved, fearfully and wonderfully made? called by God, maybe we just need to slow down and think before we speak, is this going to honor the person across from me? Is what I'm about to say meant to move this conversation forward or just to help me win? If I'm honest, this is something that I still often struggle with. (laughs) I mean, I think about family that I have that I have a bit of a strained relationship with. And I can think about comments made about me growing up, whether about my personality or about my body, that have left wounds for years to come. And still to this day, I can think about those things. And I kind of want to get even. I want to prove them wrong. I want to prove that I've changed. And of course, I want to prove and show my maturity over the situation. Because some of the very things that I was made to be insecure about, I now have people in my family who are struggling with that very thing that they made fun of me about. And it feels like the stars have aligned. (laughs) And for me to make a smart-mouthed comment about karma that I don't even believe in or irony to teach them a lesson. Or better yet, (laughs) I'll set arbitrary boundaries that only I know and slowly but surely cut them out of my life in the good Christian way. But what will that do to the light that's inside me? It's as if I take that light and I put it under a bowl. I quench it. I minimize it. I claim to have a light that now nobody can see. Loving others is hard. <laughs> right? We can't pretend that it's always so easy. But, but when I think about how I'm God's beloved, when I think about how I have been identified and distinguished, and pointed out, singled out by God, I find peace. And I think about how much grace has been given to me in my areas of deficiency from the Lord and certainly from other people. And I remember that to my family, to these people who I have woundedness with, I'm the only little light in some of their lives. And I was meant, you were meant, to shine for all to see. Even those guys, the people that come to mind. And so yeah, when when I know I'm going to see them, I have to do a little check-in with my own heart, and I bring these thoughts and these feelings in this person to the Lord. And I ask for his ability to love instead of asking for what I think is the right or even mature thing to say to show my superiority over the situation. And often, it's being reminded that I don't need to say anything at all to prove my worth. But only that I would use my words to bring glory to my father. And I ask for a reminder of what it means to forgive. What it means that I have been forgiven. And the strength to offer forgiveness to them. And surrender the right to even be understood or validated. We can use our words to bring light, to bring darkness to the world around us. Which one does our campus need more of? How are we, as the beloved, allowing the spirit to shine his light through us to the people around us, in your friend group, in your small group, in our Chi community? Are we living as people of light? If you can put the next image up, who can tell me with 100% certainty what city that is? 100%. I'm not even sure if I heard the right answer. That's okay. You're getting the, maybe you'll get the point, right? You said New Jersey, LA, Chicago. All right, um, what about about the next picture? What about the next city? (laughs) Get out of here. New York, New York, New York, New York. What? (laughs) So, (laughs) which city was easier to identify? How did you know? How did you know that that was New York? Because it's still nighttime. It's still nighttime in that picture. There's plenty of light, yes. So it's not one light that illuminates a city, right? Not just one light that illuminates a city. From far away, if you just saw one light from far away, you might just think that it's a star or a satellite or something. But together, when multiple lights are shining, it's very clear what this is. Jesus says, you, yous, yous, are the light of the world. When we live as children of light, we shine so that others can see, not us, but our heavenly father. This is what we're meant to be. All of us collectively shining our light so that, man, so that our father is easily identifiable. People say, oh, this is what Jesus looks like. There's not this arbitrary guessing. There's not uncertainty. It is a super clear picture, even in darkness, because this is in the dark. It's not daytime. This is what we were meant to be. (laughs) So, as a reflection question... (laughs) How have you used your words this week to bring light and hope? And not, I'm not even talking about to your best friend who you love when everything is going awesome and amazing. No, I mean the person who is hard to love. The friend, the roommate, the family member that gets under your skin. And so we're going to play um, just a little bit of an instrumental worship song. Uh, yeah, and so and while we do, we'll have some people available up in the front to pray. to be in a process. But the two questions I want to ask is this: Do you need to ask forgiveness from God or from others? From someone who maybe you weren't as careful with your words with, or a friend who you think you might have wounded? That's one. And the second, is how can we use the power of our words to offer the hope of Jesus to somebody this week? Yeah? So if, you're, um, if we can have the people who are going to be available to pray come up. Let's we'll take a couple minutes to reflect. If you want to come up to receive prayer, please do as you reflect on those questions, and then I'll close this out.